We are four ordinary Americans who happen to be atheists, talking about current topics and religious nonsense. Welcome to the Profane Argument. Welcome to the 34th episode of the Profane Argument Podcast. My name is Ray, and along with me are... Hi, I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. And uh, we are streaming live to YouTube. If you'd like to listen to the show live, you can search YouTube for Profane Argument and follow along. Or you can follow us on... uh, Well, and you can follow us on uh, Twitter, at Profane Arg. And uh, we generally start recording around 9 p.m. on Tuesdays, Eastern Time. And if you'd like to... uh, Tweet at us, we might respond. Uh, so for today, we've got a, a bunch of different news items from different states, a little bit of uh, a Trump comment, um, and then a couple pieces of horrible news. And then we're going to focus on... Uh, <laughs> skip over that real quick. And then we're going to focus on the, uh, the Yuletide, the Christmas holiday, Christmas season, and uh, discuss that a little bit, maybe the, the war on Christmas. So first, uh, first item that I have is the stuff that's going on in North Carolina. Hmm. So Pat McCrory, he's the, uh, the current, the Republican governor. And I don't know when he steps down. Is it next year that he steps down? In January, I assumed. Yeah, I'm assuming January sometime. But, uh, he is being replaced by Democratic governor-elect Roy Cooper. And if you haven't heard about this, basically what Pat McCrory did is put a piece of legislation in place completely restricting the governor's office and what it can do <laughs> um, on his way out the door. He pretty much gutted it. Yeah. And the um, the state Supreme Court as well, because they are now a Democratic majority Supreme Court. Can they rule that his jibba-jabba is unconstitutional and throw it out? Problem is, is that they have a supermajority in the legislature, so there's nobody to put forth a bill to undo it. The governor can't just do it by himself. I meant the Supreme Court. Oh, um, yes, because it, this is going to be challenged in court, obviously. Right. It's ridiculous. It seems ridiculous. And outrageous, yeah. I like the, the part where they said that he can only vote on appointments on odd years, and and there's no appointments in the odd years or something like that. <laughs> Well, they have instead of being able to appoint, you know, over a thousand people, he can only appoint a couple hundred people, and he has to get the legislature's approval. I mean, the whole thing is ridiculous. They way overreached, and all the people that were protesting in the Capitol House were arrested. Amazing. Okay, yeah. so I was I was just looking because the thing that I saw of Roy Cooper, he he didn't really seem all that upset. He he was just like, yeah, you know, okay, we're just going to keep moving, and it didn't seem like he was going to do anything. But I do see uh, in an article here that he says they will see me in court, and they don't have a very good track record there. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. I mean, this is the same McCrory that refused to concede the race because it was, quote, too close to call. He didn't concede until December 5th, so. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was true. It was close, but it was not that close. There's a lot of desperate North Carolina shenanigans going on. And even when he did concede, he did it in a very Trump-like fashion, like, yeah. you know, 
you know, this guy's just running this these people of North Carolina through the ringer. I'm just going to step down and make things better. <laughs> like, yeah. I'm not saying, like, I lost. <laughs> um, I'll be the better man. Uh, yeah. Or you lost. <laughs> Hopefully it gets to the court fairly soon, because otherwise... Yeah. You know, it, that's just Can't a get there really bad president. Mm-hmm. Or it's yeah. a really bad president. <laughs> as Trump would say. Did you see that? <laughs> it's that unprecedented. Yeah. It's that unprecedented. was great. Yeah, he tweeted... That was great. <laughs> he tweeted something was unprecedented. Wow. And it pro- I mean, it must have spell-checked him, and he went, nope, that's what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> and then he took it down, of course, and put the right thing up, but <laughs> it's the internet, Donnie. We never forget. Yeah. <laughs> Except Once when we it's do. Out there, it's <laughs> out there. There's nothing you can do. Uh, the next piece of news is from Texas, and this, I don't know, didn't have a whole lot to it, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Apparently, Texas is the Department of Health Services uh, is putting out an informational booklet, and <laughs> my understanding is that this booklet is going to be, well, it's mandated, but I'm trying to see where it's mandated to be placed. Um, I, I, it's basically going to be at, like, clinics. Right. Yes, it's yeah, a woman's right to know. So, an informed consent booklet for pregnant women. Right, and it basically what is what it insinuates, not what it says, but what it insinuates is that getting an abortion will increase your risk of breast cancer, which is not true. However, uh, if you do look at the uh, the way that it that it reads, it actually says that uh, well, it says a breast cancer risk. Um, is one of the risks of abortion, which in, no, in truth not is not the case. The, the truth is that if you have a baby, your risk of breast cancer is reduced. Well, if you have, if you bring a baby to full term at 30 years of age or younger, you face a decreased long-term risk of breast cancer. Now, I'm not sure that, I mean, it's a decreased risk. I mean, basically this is based on studies and it's it's not like, we see a chemical difference and that causes the, it's more like, well, that tends to be the case, right? It's more like a study where it just, it just happens to be so not, not any direct scientific evidence. It's just, oh no, no. Having a child decreases your risk of breast cancer. That this is national institute, uh, national cancer Institute. This is a true thing. Okay. But why? I, I, they change when you have a baby. Hmm. That's all I got. I don't that know what the safer? percentage. Like, <laughs> I, I think it's one of those things that um, we evolved to have children. So when you don't, it kind of increases your risk of other. I don't know. Mm. Your body's like, you need to die. You're worthless. You're not contributing. <laughs> <laughs> what well, increases uh, 20, the chance that the cells re, uh, replicate out of control? Yeah. Maybe. Mm, 26% increase in incidence of invasive breast cancer. So it's a decent, it's, you know, it is a definite correlation. So Otis. Browley, I believe, he's chief medical officer of the American Cancer Society, said the wording in this document <laughs> is very cute, but it's it's technically correct, but it's deceiving. <laughs> so yeah. it's just another another thing uh, the Texans are trying to do to, you know, strike out against abortion. Anything to rally up before you get it done, huh? Yeah. And what was the, there was another thing about um, they wanted to post something in women's restrooms about abortion. And that what? One, yeah, I forget where that was though. I'll have to just come back to it if I can find it. I also heard is it true? And maybe you guys knew about this already, but Texas requires funerals for fetuses. No, nah, that got struck down. Yeah. Are you sure? 
I'm mostly certain. Okay, because I kept hearing about it today or yesterday, and I was like, oh, like they were just like, yeah, you know, the state that makes you do this. And I was like, oh, I thought that was a an Indiana thing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I know it's going to go national next year, so I'm just prepping myself. <laughs> oh, right. it, it was it was Oklahoma. Of course, it was Oklahoma. An Oklahoma lawmaker has abandoned the anti-abortion bathroom signs law. Okay. She was trying to put signs in, in bathrooms, but gave up after... The, you know, the, the news found out <laughs> after the press said, hey, you can't do that. You know, it seems like being in politics is just fun and games, <laughs> you know, like there's no like really actual hard work. You're just like, OK, now I'm here. What will they let me get away with? Not what? like how can I better my state or my town or anything like that? It's like, how can I get rich and fuck around with other people while I'm here mm. and force my morals onto everyone right. else? Yeah. Like, you don't think right. anybody's going like, hey, man, we're like in debt, this state. We should really do something. He's like, yeah, but this whole thing, I got to get these these signs up in these women's bathrooms. That seems way more important than getting the budget right or feeding our homeless or anything like that. You know what I'm right. saying? Can you get on that page? Yeah. Oh, but smaller government and less government intrusion in our personal lives. What? Right. What? Wait a second. So here is the information that you were asking for a moment ago, Jared and possibly Ray. Uh, why, why we're – why having – uh, a baby in your twenties mm. reduces your risk of breast cancer uh, because having the the child will increase your release of estrogen as well as uh, bisphenol A and some other uh, you know hormone uh, disrupting chemicals. Anyway, it causes. A full-term pregnancy in your twenties will cause the breast will cause the cells in your breast to fully mature, mm. making them more likely to grow in a normal way, making the chance of uncontrolled growth in your breast cells decrease. Interesting. There you go. So having a baby in your twenties matures your boobs, <laughs> and God won't smite you for aborting it. Is that in the pamphlet yeah. too? He <laughs> seems like a busy, busy fella. He's probably not doing a whole lot of smiting. Are you sure? Because he might be just like those politicians. Like, look, I know people are <laughs> suffering, but <laughs> I need signs in bathrooms. <laughs> so they they they, they uh, made a, f- a false argument, a false causation, saying that abortion will increase your risk of breast cancer. Again, they didn't say that. Stop accusing them of that. Okay. That is not true. They said having a baby will reduce your risk of breast cancer. They should have been more specific and said having a baby between the ages of uh, 19 and 30 yeah. <laughs> full term. Well, and, uh, you know, they could have given you other information. If you then continue to breastfeed that child beyond the first year, it will continue to decrease, uh, your chance of breast cancer for the same reasons. Mm. I, th- I think the point they're making though, Ian, is that it's the information's coming out with a wink because it's yeah, in an absolutely. abortion clinic and being like, you know, <laughs> I you're thinking about just this child, reason. but you're worried about breast cancer. <laughs> Again, I feel like now I'm, I'm all about leaving people alone when they're getting an abortion. That just seems rude. Mm. I just I just feel like in the past we have been advocates of people doing their own research and following up. If they read a pamphlet <laughs> that Christians put in an abortion clinic and went, well, this got to be true. I'm not checking that out at all. Well, that's on them. <laughs> Yeah, and how often do you think like something like that's actually work? I mean, I can't imagine a woman, and I've known women who get abortions. Like they just don't do it on a whim. 
No. Like, they're like, you know, I thought I was going to do have the baby, but today I just don't feel like it. I'm going to get an abortion. I'll see you guys later. <laughs> you know, and then, like, get in there and read the pamphlet and go, oh, shit. You know, this will reduce my breast cancer chances. I'll, I'll, I'll keep the baby. I'll see you guys later. I'm going back home. Yeah. <laughs> it's just not I mean, that- I'm sorry, but what a ridiculous reason to have a baby. <laughs> I think I'm going to bring a human into this world so that, uh, you know, I have a slightly reduced risk of breast cancer. Right. Now, the one thing I would point out is it is listed in the pamphlet under risks of abortion is breast cancer. Hmm. So – it then later explains why, but you have to keep reading. Like, if you just read the headline. But just go for right. the bullet points. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, it is, it is misleading. Mm. Uh, next, uh, next thing I've got is from Anthony Scaramucci. Yes. I have no idea if I'm pronouncing that right. <laughs> Scaramucci. <laughs> it's a good name. Yeah. But apparently he was on CNN New Day Wednesday, last Wednesday morning. And made the statement that, um, well, he was being corrected, apparently, by Cuomo, uh, he, who was saying that the overwhelming consensus of the scientific community is that man's actions have an impact on science. And uh, Scaramucci responded, Chris, there's, there was an overwhelming science that the Earth was flat, and there was an overwhelming science that there, we were the center of... Apparently, he said we were the center of the world, which I don't – that doesn't even make yeah, sense. Yeah, it doesn't make sense, man. Yeah. But um, I, I would imagine center of the, You're the universe center of my or solar world, system. Right? <laughs> so his, his, his argument is that because people have been wrong in the past, they're definitely wrong now? No, they could well, be wrong. We just don't know. Right, but then his his evidence to back that statement up was that, well, science once believed that the Earth was flat. I'm sorry, that wasn't science. Right. <laughs> that was religion, yeah. That that was just what people believed. And right. yeah, it was it, it was not just believed, but it was confirmed by the the sacred book. Right. And if, if looking at it from, you know, a uh, a logical self-centered view, you look out, it looks flat. If you have no means of measuring it, meh, seems flat. Works for me. But it was disproved in the 16th century for Christ's sake. Right. I mean, but- come on. But, but what this guy's saying is true, and was, even scientists will back you up and say, listen, science is trial and error, and sometimes you're wrong, and sometimes you figure it out. So in a sense, he's right. But don't be a fucking dipshit, buddy. <laughs> All right? <laughs> well, and there was not overwhelming scientific evidence that the Earth was flat, which is what he's supposing. He, it was just assumed and and corroborated by the church. It was not measured it was not – there was no scientific method to say that the earth was flat. Right. When you compare it to climate change, there is a preponderance of evidence that says that climate change is happening and that it is being caused by man activity. Carbon dioxide in the <laughs> atmosphere specifically. Yeah. C- certainly, certainly you can't – you can't say the same thing about the earth being flat. Right. It was just everybody <laughs> went, what? It's flat. <laughs> um, no, I don't think you guys understand – uh, I'm there not are people out your there point. who You're... believe that the Earth is flat, so therefore we have to take their opinions mm. and treat them with the same level as a scientist who went to school and actually knows shit, uh, <laughs> and we have to make their opinions valid too. Everybody's got to get in on it. You understand? <laughs> no, if ninety whatever eight percent of scientists who no care, do this for a living, <laughs> <laughs> sorry, <laughs> I don't have to listen to idiots. No, nope. everybody's <laughs> on the train till we unhitch that last car. We really need to get rid of it. <laughs> <laughs> But right now, that's why when you see people talking about Trump's policy or whatever, there's always two against and two people who somehow back up his crazy shit. 
and you can see it on their face that they even they don't fucking believe it. But <laughs> everybody's got to be represented. Line. Yeah, everybody's opinion doesn't matter. <laughs> That's something we need to get over. I don't. I don't really care what your opinion is. <laughs> get on board or get the fuck out of the way. <laughs> if go learn go go learn how to do science and prove it if you believe it prove it and when you can't it's science the shut lord up. has told me everything i need to know <sighs> there's always an there's there's no winning with the, the argument that's the problem oh i love this at the at the very end of the argument he said i'm saying people have gotten things wrong throughout the 5500 year history of our planet yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. At that point, you should just, they should just revoke his ability to be on TV. I mean, yeah. Come on. <laughs> Is he rich and white? White, yes. Well, Scaramucci, that's got to be Italian. Well, <laughs> what is. Oh, you're saying he's white. What are we blaming Italians for? I love blaming things on Italians. Don't get me wrong. I I feel like they don't receive enough racist resentment. (laughs) No, I'm saying Scaramucci is Italian and Italians are white. Oh, okay. (laughs) While they were not considered white at some point, I mean, neither the Irish at some point, but (laughs) they are. So I would assume, Ian, that he is getting paid or has some kind of agenda for the stupidity that he's spewing out, which he probably doesn't believe. Well, sure. And I'm just saying, as long as he is rich and white, then he has allowed as much TV time as he desires. Yeah, yeah apparently. Or the TV could just not put him on. <laughs> you know, yeah, nobody's we, forcing CNN to put these dipshits on. It's true. Yeah. Well, they keep putting – yeah, that is part of the problem here is this false news and listening to people and putting people on as if they are experts when they're not. How about we actually talk to the experts? And if you want to talk to religious people about what they believe, just market it as such. This is what religious people believe. Or just have Neil deGrasse Tyson on hand all the time to <laughs> review everything. <laughs> <laughs> Neil, could, could, can we go to the videotape, please? <laughs> Neil deGrasse Tyson or um, what's his name? Don't say my fucking nemesis. Oh, your nemesis. I'm sorry. I forgot he was your nemesis. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I didn't know you were going to say his nemesis. I thought you were going to say... Bill Nye. Uh, Dr. Tyson's Asian sidekick. Oh, what is his name? Uh, yeah. I was going to say Bill Nye, but I, I'll, yeah. Are <laughs> oh, you talking about uh, Dr. Michu? Michu uh, Kaku? Michu Kaku. I think so, yeah. yes. He's a fun guy. I like Does he him. have long white hair? <laughs> yes. Kind of combed straight back? Yep. Yeah, that dude's the man. Yeah. No, he's hard to, he, he's a good guy, but he gets a little into it. He's hard to follow sometimes. Yeah. Mm. Well, That's so why I like Neil. Neil's able to explain it to me in dumb man terms. <laughs> <laughs> but he wanders off into these weird side alleys sometimes, and you're like, where is he going? Come back. Yeah, but Kaku goes off in the side alleys in the corners of the universe, and I'm like, what uh. the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> True. And Bill Nye's like, where's my fucking coffee, Jared? It's not right. <laughs> <laughs> Never going to let that go. Nope. Uh, <laughs> I probably wouldn't either. No, Bill, no, uh, for the record, I, Bill Nye does do a lot of good things I appreciate, but he was a cocksucker when I worked with him. <laughs> <laughs> He's probably redeemed himself by now, but, you know. So, also in the news, there are a couple, uh, couple really bad things happened in the news. Mm-hmm. The first thing that I wanted to bring up was the, uh, the Russian ambassador in Turkey. I'm sure I don't, if anybody's turned on a television, you know about this. Um, and not only that, but you saw the whole thing. Yeah. Right. The ambassador was shot. Am- ambassador Andrei Koloff, uh, was captured in real time, live on television. So, CNN replayed that, I don't know, once every 10 minutes for a couple hours. With a warning in front of each one. Graphic content. Yeah. Hmm. 
I didn't and realize they replayed it that much. It, it was it quite was a bit. And basically, the guy, what, the guy yelled out that uh, this is for Aleppo. Al-Akbar. Mm. Yeah. God is great. This is for Aleppo. But so here's an argument that I got in at work actually just earlier today about this was, do you think that this guy who did the shooting, do you think that he was religiously motivated or politically motivated? Because he did shout, God is great. But then he continued to go into, you know, about Aleppo and and a couple other things. Hmm. Well, I guess mostly it was about Aleppo and, and the fighting in Syria. I would but, say uh, only a religious nut would do this. Why why kill an innocent man who probably has nothing to do with what's going on? Yeah, it's true. I mean, he was, was he just a convenient target for um, right with lots of cameras in front of him. Yeah, so, and he looked crazy. Yeah. Well, it's funny. There, there's a shot of of you know when the ambassador was speaking, and you can see him in the background, like fuzzy, and he's just standing oh, really? to attention. Yeah, it's kind of creepy. Where did you Where did you fall on this, Ray? Did you think it was more political? Yeah, actually, I do. Um, so I think that. So here's my here's my perspective. He probably was he probably was motivated mostly by political means, by political you know outrage, and found in his religious beliefs, an excuse, a justification to actually go and commit this crime. Yeah, not many p- people with a political beef have the capability of basically committing suicide because he knew he wasn't getting out of there. They let him rant and rave up there for quite a bit, though, before did. anybody did anything. Well, it was in an art gallery, they, you know, and he was supposed to be the security. But it didn't even seem like anybody ran or it just seemed like it was dead silent in there. Mm. Everybody's After- crouched on the floor. The whole thing was disturbing. It was – and I hate to say this because it's kind of like just mean cause, because someone did just die. Mm. But when I first saw it, I thought it was kind of fake because when the ambassador got shot, he like seemed so comical in the way that he was like, oh, I got shot. You know, <laughs> like I was yeah. like, oh, that ain't real. <laughs> yeah. And then I was like, oh, everyone's telling me this is real. Okay. Yeah, I, what it was – it was so clear and so crisp and the, the, the photography was so good. It was – it was almost like it felt staged, but I don't think it was staged. So I guess we're used to our Lee Harvey Oswald's getting shot on scratchy, grainy black and white film, <laughs> right. you know, or you know, street cameras picking it up. So yeah, this was really clear and crisp and alarming. Yeah, yeah. So like I said, I think it was. I think it was really politically motivated, but I think that uh, his religious beliefs justified his actions. So, and to me, I guess that's kind of a of a mixture. But um, it really seemed to be more of a political statement. Um, did ISIS take credit for this one? I didn't no, think so. No, they took credit for the truck in Germany, though. Mm. Right, right. We'll get to that in a second. But uh, so the last I saw, and I don't know if this has changed since, but the last I saw was that there were two prominent people who called this an act of Islamic radicalization. They said mm. it was a, a radical Islamic killer. Terrorism. Mm. Yeah, there were two people who said that. Tur- the government in Turkey, uh, President Obama, you know, anyone else involved is like, we don't know. We're still investigating, but you know, we'll we'll, we'll figure out what what happened here and why this happened. And and uh, Trump like came out. Well, the first thing he said about it was that it was an act of Islamic terrorism. Do you know who the other person was who came out and said that? <laughs> Vladimir Putin? Vladimir Putin. Yeah! <laughs> and after uh, this, uh, Putin and uh, Erdogan are, are t- 
talking again, they're they're friends again, they're working together more, they're reforming their relationship. And who's know, Erdogan? He's the uh, Turkey prime minister. Turkey, no. Prime minister. Yeah. So they're working together a lot more closely now. So this this has helped to mend the two countries' relationship. Like, uh, <sighs> so is this is this the long game? Yeah. To uh, are we going to make another push, of, like a significant push? With our Russian allies into the Middle East and sure up our oil futures. <laughs> Certainly I, seems honestly, like a possibility. If, if this is going to go through and nobody's going to stop us or stop them, then I would be okay with that, I guess. It's, the worst things could happen because what I have envisioned in my head is fucking way worse. <laughs> I, I almost want to ask, but <laughs> you've been on point lately, so I don't really want to ask. No, this isn't. A, this it's not a prediction. It's more of a just. I'm going overboard with my fear. Like, oh, okay. I'm like, man, I better start learning Russian kind of fear. <laughs> no, dude, it's always all about the money. Yeah, this is true. Always motivated by money. And that's I don't know if that's that, true of uh, of Putin. Well, he's power. <laughs> but but power comes from money, though. Right, right. But Trump doesn't need any more money. <laughs> oh, he needs oh, all you the are money. Out of control. Yeah, he needs all of it. He That's is the not the richest person in the world, and he has stated that uh, the numbers on a bank account is like the scorecard of life. So, so in order to win, he wants to have the biggest numbers on the bank account. Yeah. He doesn't need any more money. No. He is not for want of anything other than to fill the hole in his soul <laughs> with but, you know more and more money. But Although I was he did told – yes. That Trump is going to divest all his money and it's going to go into blind trust and, you know, it's going to be short up that he's not going to make any money. Are you telling me I'm wrong? <laughs> is, are you, is our I, president-elect like kind of like bamboozling me? I think he might be. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> well, I have faith in nothing now. <laughs> yeah, oh, that, that put you reasonable. over the edge. <laughs> well, I mean, he's, he's working hard to sure up his legion of evil billionaires. He came out today and said that he had a, a nice long meeting with Carlos Slim and said that, that he is an absolute great guy. <laughs> Tremendous person. This is the fucking worst. I'm exhausted by this man. <laughs> I, I can't even take it anymore. 90% of my day is taken up of just looking at news and reading articles and just like being aghast every day. <laughs> 17 intelligence agencies tell you Putin's behind this, and you're like, nope, I'm president. I don't think so. He has his own personal security people that he's going to keep on the payroll while he's in the White House. And they're all – Instead of those, instead of those lazy so, Secret Service guys. Yeah, yeah. And they're, they're all you know crazy loyal Trump ex-police people. I mean, they're a little bonkers. And they're going to be with him in the White House. Secret Service is like, eh, we're not really comfortable with this. But is he calling it the elite Republican Guard? Is that? <laughs> oh man! Yeah, basically, yeah. These are his. These uh, are people that work for him, paid out of his pocket. It's a little horrifying. Solid reference, though. <laughs> that took me back to ninety-one fast. <laughs> and let me guess, we're just going to let him do it, right? He's the president. Some stupid law that nobody made. Well, th there is an expected level of decorum from the president that you didn't think you had to write these laws, but decorum? Pff, pff, no. Yeah. All no of it's out the window. I hope a so, lot of these people who can stop this shit start to realize that that asshole works for us. Yeah. That he is not the king of this country. Yet. And he, 
And they just keep giving him pass after pass. I think right, it, I gotta stop. I'm gonna. <laughs> at some yeah, point, it's the, it's the whole argument. I hate the argument of well, if you give him enough rope, you let him hang himself. <laughs> no, if you give him enough rope, he'll have all the rope <laughs> <laughs> and the ability to hang all of us. So yeah, I'm not fond of that idea. Yeah, and the past year has proven that that's not going to happen. Yeah. Uh, so, in other horrible news, uh, in, in Berlin, what, there were 48 people injured, 12 people killed when a truck um, slammed into a Christmas market in Berlin. So, apparently, the truck had Polish license plates, and there was a dead person in the passenger seat, which I believe it is suspected that that was the original driver of the truck, that the person uh, hijacked the truck, killed the driver... Pushed him into the passenger seat and then proceeded to uh, storm the Christmas festival. Yeah, um, and go ahead. The the, the truck owners um, actually had GPS on the truck. I was watching, uh, reading an article about it. Um, the they said that he was the driver was driving very erratically, and they tried contacting him a number of times because he wasn't going the right direction. He was driving driving incorrectly. So the the owners of the truck knew something was going on, but didn't think it was obviously this. But yeah, it was a Polish company, and the truck was full of steel, so it was very heavy. Now this, uh, I believe ISIS has actually come forward and claimed responsibility, but it's yet to be seen, like, was this an actual direct attack, or did people in ISIS just want to take credit for it because they have made statements about don't try and and you know make a bomb don't try and get guns just use whatever's on hand and this would definitely be a case of that i was gonna say this would definitely fall under that i was thinking about this as you were describing the story the 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 fiendishness is definitely in its simplicity yeah i think this is they're not so much coming out and taking claim for it as they said we inspired this yes those are the words they used. And this is the second one. There was that other one in uh, Nice, was it? Where a truck that sounds barreled, right. barreled through a whole bunch of people and killed a lot of people. So it, this is – it's much easier – what is it I read? It's much easier to drive a truck than it is to fly an airplane. Yeah. So it, it works. They're going to continue to do it. It's a great world we live in, isn't it? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I did hear uh, – I hear I heard some of my coworkers at work today – Saying how they were not going to go out on uh, on New Year's this year because of uh, just because of this. Uh, I think what? you're probably safe in State College. <laughs> yeah, I, I would I, think. But I, I pro- yeah, I would think is- Times Square. Mm, maybe not. That's a bad idea, even when there isn't a terrorist well, threat. Yeah, <laughs> no kidding. <laughs> Good point. I mean, there will be a heavy police presence, but how do you stop a truck? Because mm. you'll never get there in that truck. It's so jam packed. <laughs> yeah, you'll be on the edge. Yeah, yeah no, that's, I mean, that's just, uh, every time something like this happens, there's a, uh, you know, immediately after there's, well, we can't do this because, you know, the internet said terror attacks. Like, I, I remember, uh, I feel like it was, uh, probably right around good old 9 11 that shortly thereafter, people were like, nope, it's going to happen. Like, it, everybody was proposing just preposterous, copycat events that they were convinced were going to happen like they were going to start attacks on malls on halloween i was like that doesn't make any sense get out 
<laughs> to be honest, though, Ian, the government was not helping us with that with the alerts every day. Oh, no, yeah. I'm sure every yeah. – the, the different colors and absolute is, is – I understand that there is a, you know, propaganda machine that goes along with it. I'm uh, – again, I'm a, I'm a kind of low – low fun level kind of guy but i'm definitely gonna go out for new year's <laughs> <laughs> well listen i had friends who were like well can't go to the movies now after that uh guy shot after- up the batman <laughs> movie thing i'm like for real it happened one time they're like yeah well you never know so now we don't that go is accurate <laughs> but that's the whole point that's the whole point of what they want to do is to have us live in fear or one of the points yeah. um so no, go out, live your life, do do the things you want to do. I never wanted to go to Times Square, so I'm not really missing that. Yeah, <laughs> that looks terrible. It looks hor- horrific. I mean, yeah, oh. every time I think I want to go to something like that, I am reminded by people who have gone to things like that that it's horrible. Yeah, your feet hurt, you're crowded, people suck. It's just no, it's what a horrible, you have to go to the situation. <laughs> yeah, that that was really uh, a key point. One uh, a friend of mine was telling me about time that they went to uh to to carnival Mm. and uh he said it's just out of control he said you know fortunately we are you know we have money and we're tourists and we're white so we got to you know be inside on a balcony in like the vip section of the parade but the streets are you know shoulder to shoulder packed like i don't know why you'd want to be out there he's like he said that the fire trucks come by Mm. and occasionally uh hose down everybody's like zone because the guys can't move so they just pee themselves and wait for the fire truck to come and wash them in their their area <laughs> and i'm like that's the, that's so, that's borderline horrifying <laughs> like i don't know why i would invite that into my life no I mean, it's I- funny cuz when when we before you said that i was like the only way i would go to times square if i was in an apartment above it Sure, like sure. It being able to drink leisurely and pee when I needed to. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and stay warm and dry and sit. Yeah. yeah. Not run the risk of people peeing in their pants around me. <laughs> <laughs> we are not animals, for Christ's sake. Uh, Christmas. <laughs> like, you- in college, I had friends who would, like, <laughs> wear diapers and drink the whole weekend and not move. Oh, my God. <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. I... <laughs> I believe you because I know these friends. Yeah. <laughs> but what? And like they would be like excited about it and I would be like everything about this sounds horrible to me. I'm like <laughs> I-, I will get up and go to the bathroom. They're like, nope, I want to sit in this lawn chair for as long. I'm like, okay. <laughs> sit in your own filth, I guess, if that's Take fun. that evolution. Uh, crap. Wow. I don't even know what to say about that. Yeah, yeah I got nothing on that. Jeez. Ray, Ray, Ray will save us. Tell us about how Obama's <laughs> trying to use his last gasp to continue saving the planet. Yeah, good old President Obama. I'm going to miss him. This is, yeah, yeah, more than I thought I would. But uh, so uh, he just signed into law, which I'm I'm still astounded by. Isn't Don't we still have a Republican Senate and a Republican House? Oh yeah, isn't that still the case? So I don't know how this even got to him, but uh, Uh, there's a twist. Wait till you get to it. Oh, is there? Okay, Uh well, we'll get to the twist in a second. So here's what I know: (laughs) he signed into law uh, an addition to the 1998 International Religious Freedom Act, which oh, that sounds bad right away. But uh, 
he ad- uh, there's a piece added the Frank Wolf International Religious Freedom Act. The new law protects atheists, humanists, and other free thinkers from religious persecution. You missed a part and- of it. Yeah, apparently I did. So what's the twist? The new law protects atheists, humanists, and other free thinkers around the world from religious persecution. Not here, around the world. Wait, what? Well, we live in the world, don't we? Yeah. It's yeah. international. No, the, the, if you read about the, the actual law, it's nothing to do with law in the United States. It's about our relationship with other countries. Uh-huh. I feel like you're misleading us. Give us yeah. more information. All right. So the wolf, pull it up. Or this isn't as great as Ray made it out to be. Like, no. Why are <laughs> we passing fantastic. laws that affect the rest of the world and not us? That's where I'm. I'm starting to diverge from understanding. Let me find well, it. Well, so. I guess it makes sense because, like, how many atheists are in fear of persecution, religious persecution in America? Most? Well, not persecution. Like, how so? Don't Ray and Karen have a top secret group that they have to meet with to comfort people <laughs> for being atheists because they live in rural areas where they have no outlet for, uh, you know, expressing their views and, uh, you know, believing what they want to believe? In a comfortable environment. But, but discrimin- there's no fear of death or right. anything like that or jail time. They might be discriminated right. against, but they're not persecuted. Well, right. tell those people to grow a fucking backbone because <laughs> <laughs> I've been running into this shit a lot in my town lately in a sense that I, like, when I go out now and I have a conversation with a friend about whatever beliefs I have, whether they be religious or political, I'm told to, hey, 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 not here. Don't talk about it here. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, are you out of your fucking mind? And they're like, well, you know where we, I said, I don't care. And I'll, now I talk at the top of my fucking lungs. I am going to get killed. <laughs> There's no <laughs> doubt in my mind because I will not shut up about it now. But you're not going to get killed by the state and you're not going to get killed by right, the I'm not going to get killed by the state. Right. Right. That's the difference. So, right. But I mean, who in this, in this country is going to get killed by the state? Nobody. That's the point. Nobody. Right. So this bill is not to protect people from discrimination in this country. It's to protect people in other countries from being killed by the state, their state, not our state. Right. Well, I'd still consider that a very good – I'm not going to reduce my enthusiasm. <laughs> sure. <laughs> I consider that a very good uh, good thing to be signed into uh, to law. I agree. That it is a very good law, but it is not doing anything for us. Is my, directly. Directly. That's my point. So you're saying we weren't in danger before and we're not in any less danger now? Correct. Okay, sure. But any time that you can – so, I mean, any time that you can look at atheists around the world and hope that they have a little bit better of a chance because of a law being signed in, that means that they – maybe they can voice a little bit more. Maybe they can, you know, send out a little bit of reason, a little bit more than they used to be able to. Yeah. I mean, now, you look at countries like Saudi Arabia, where you know, being an apostate is really dangerous. Yeah, this will help that. And that's so, a good thing. How? Uh, I I don't understand any – I don't understand how we have any authority it's about, to protect those people. Well, we don't. It, it, it doesn't do anything it, – it just um, governs our relationship with people that don't protect – atheists within their territories okay so it's a law that says if you are violent toward if, if you somehow are actively working against a specific religious group which now includes atheists humanists and free thinkers then we will not work with you we will not i don't know what the penalty is i think we'll just you know wag our finger and tut tut but you know okay 
This is getting worse and worse by the minute. <laughs> uh, I thought this was going to be part of his, like, farewell clemency tour where he's just dishing out Here it is. presidential pardons, like, just, yeah. oh, he's just making it rain presidential pardons. That guy's the best. Yeah. So, for well, instance, this- if next year someone, a crazy person in charge, proposed some kind of law saying, hey, guess what? If you're not Christian and you're not part of a church and you haven't repented and whatever, you're now considered – you know, three fifths of a person in this country. That mm. this thing that Obama signed ain't going to help us, right? Or them? I just don't understand what what its purpose is. I need to learn more. Is is really the key? Because that's what I, I was going to ask the same thing. Like, so let's say in to the way it's going. Let's say in four months from now, President Duarte over in the Philippines mm-hmm. says anybody who is not a registered Christian Can't. can be beaten in public, or just and the the, the person who assaults them. You know, there will be no charges brought against them. And it says the bill expresses the sense of Congress that the State Department should work with Congress to create new political, financial, and diplomatic tools to address severe violations of religious freedom by non-state actors. So they just use diplomatic and financial nudges, basically, to get people to line up. Hmm. Yeah, it allows allows the State Department to designate uh, people – under a list of particularly severe violations of religious freedom, uh, it allows them to impose sanctions and be added to the list of, um, oh, I just lost it. The, uh, the, basically a list of, uh, countries to be avoided. Mm-hmm. Like Saudi Arabia. A, 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 countries that are on a special watch list. Okay. Well, it's, a, so it's, it's not it, a bad thing, I guess. It's just no. not a yeah. great thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's a good thing. It's just it's a not good as, thing. Yeah, it, it just I wish it applied here. I mean, because there are still states in the United States where you can't be governor if you're an avowed atheist. What? So you can't be elected in any into any uh, yeah. political office. I can I have a list of those states, please, so I can avoid them as well? Um, Pennsylvania has a half baked version of it, I believe. So what do you tell me, Karen? I got to move. Yeah. <laughs> States where atheists cannot hold office. There you go. So there are seven states, and Pennsylvania, I don't believe, is one of those states. Um, it just it has it has something that hasn't been challenged. And I had a I had a bookmark to it, but I don't remember I don't remember where it is. But uh, let's see, Pennsylvania, which has no specific law banning non-believers, Constitution states that no one can be disqualified from serving office on the basis of religion, but with the caveat that officer holders should believe in God. So you can believe in God however you wish. You can be Jewish or Christian or um, Mormon. I guess that could fall under Christian, but you have to be – or even Islamic. You have to be one of the Abrahamic religions. Right. So, yeah, Pennsylvania. You're going to have to move, Jared. I just can't run for office here. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't think it's been challenged recently. So the other states are Arkansas, uh, Maryland – Mississippi, no surprise. North Carolina, South I Carolina. Hate that state now. <laughs> uh, Tennessee and Texas. <laughs> well, thank goodness. For I was Texas. already avoiding most of those. Had you just thrown Wisconsin on the list, it would have been a trifecta, <laughs> I think. And really, I'm not seeing a whole lot of difference between Pennsylvania and Texas. Like, what Texas says is, uh, no religious tests shall ever be required as a qualification to any office or public trust in the state, nor shall anyone be excluded from holding office on account of their religious sentiments, provided he acknowledged the existence of a supreme being. Hmm. What is that all about? Boo earn. <laughs> <laughs> that is really putting a damper on my 
dream of running for public office. Doesn't say it won't. It wouldn't hold up to anything. Yeah, it, it's I think, unenforceable. I think people need to to challenge these. Arkansas hmm. is very specific. Article 19, Section 1, no person who denies the being of a god shall hold office in civil departments of this state. Wow. It's pretty pretty clear cut right there. I don't know, though, Ian. I don't, I, I'm pretty sure. I mean, you, you weren't born on United, on United States soil. Um... <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I am I am a United States citizen, though. Can you also be doesn't... a Philippine citizen? A what? A Philippine citizen? Uh, I don't believe so. Okay. Even though you're born there. Huh. Correct. But I'm not 100%. I've never looked into it. I've never... <laughs> no interest of mine. <laughs> well, especially not with Duterte there, but... Yeah. I was going to say, lately, would it be? <laughs> no. <laughs> but someday, it might be nice to know. <laughs> sure. Yeah, but you don't have to be born in the United States or be a citizen at birth in order to run for any office. It's just president. O- you can't. There are only certain offices. So, mm-hmm. um, But in any case, there you go. Mm-hmm. Seven states plus Pennsylvania, which, again, I don't see how Pennsylvania is much different, but... No. All right. So the last thing that I wanted to talk about, and I have a whole lot of information on, uh, considering the amount of time we have left, <laughs> um, was this is the last episode we will be recording before Christmas. So I wanted to talk about the war on Christmas. How, how's the war faring? <laughs> Just fine. There are Christmas have you trees. Been, has anybody been running into anything? Again, I, I feel I feel like... Uh, there's not a lot of attrition in this war. <laughs> I've been listening to Christmas music 24 hours a day on our local radio station since <laughs> shortly after Thanksgiving. Like Karen said, there are decorations everywhere I go. I'm not opposed to any of it. I've been, uh, you know, intentionally exposing my son to as, as much as possible as far as holiday train rides, holiday trolley rides, going to see people's well-decorated houses. Absolutely. Yep, I think Christmas is doing just fine. I've been getting told Merry Christmas a lot more this year than I normally do. I don't know that I ever paid attention as to whether people said Merry Christmas or Happy Holidays, but I definitely get a lot of Merry Christmases, and I return a Happy Holiday, so. I always paid attention to it because I always thought the war on Christmas was hilarious, (laughs) so I want to see, but it just seems like this year I'm just, like, getting it, and I'm getting it, like, with that sneer. Like that post I put up in Facebook when you mentioned that, mm. like right. Merry Christmas, motherfucker. <laughs> what do you got to say about that, huh? <laughs> is is how I'm getting fifty percent of my Merry Christmases. The other fifty percent are completely innocent. Well, it's because everywhere you go in public in your town, you're always shouting about. <laughs> That's true. I got safety pins all over my jacket. I'm like, what do you got to say to me? <laughs> Uh, though, but what's interesting though is the the cigarette shop I go to. I was leaving, and this really kind of cool hippie chick said to me, "She's like, oh, and Merry Christmas." And I was like, "Thanks," and I was packing my shit up, and she's like, "Or whatever." I don't know what what religion you are. I said, "I'm an atheist," so I go, "So I don't really give a fuck what you say." To me. <laughs> and she goes, "Oh, in that case, Happy Saturnalia." Is that how you oh, pronounce it? Nice. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, "Right on." I'm like, "I'm down with that." <laughs> <laughs> nice. So, let's, speaking of that, let's get into the history of, of Christmas a little bit. So, oh, I, I, I'll share my experience first. Um, so, I was actually outed today. Uh, there were several people who were getting ready to leave. Apparently, they took the last couple of days off before uh, before the break at the university. So, 
um, they were getting ready to leave and they're like all wishing each other Merry Christmas. And, you know, and they were talking about the fact that I was, I was still going to be in training for a couple of days and they were, they were, you know, giving me sympathy for that. <laughs> uh, but then at one point, uh, somebody said Merry Christmas to me and I said, you too. And, and the guy that I used to work with closely who knows that, that I'm an atheist, he was like, he, you don't wish him a Merry Christmas. He's an atheist. Like he outed me in front of like eight, eight people. Neat. Um, <laughs> Which I'm I'm fine with, really. But the, okay, good because I needed to know where this was going. <laughs> so, and again, maybe it's because it's a work environment is why I'm surprised by the tone of the story. Well, exactly. I mean, it it, it was a little. It, it seemed a little awkward. But then the one guy was like, "Well, then I don't even know what to say to you." And and I'm <laughs> before I could say anything, the guy that started it was just like, "Well, you just say fuck off." <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, huh. Uh, all right, you know, whatever. I'm okay with that as well. I don't really care. And uh yeah, that was basically it. So everybody then laughed and went away. So Okay. I was going to say because it had to be because of the work environment because I'm like I'm sure the person telling me this story is the same man that has jewelry that says, "Hey, look over here, I'm an atheist." You have t-shirts that actually say, "Look over here, I'm an atheist. Ask me about my atheism." <laughs> Generally, I don't wear those to work. Sometimes I do, right, but right. I was just when you said outed, I was like, "Have you met you?" <laughs> yeah, but I don't. Uh, I don't go out of my way. Like I don't go out if people want to, you know, read the T-shirt I'm wearing or you know read things <laughs> that are in my office. But I don't go out of out of my way to. Like, and I'll tell you, a few of the people in the room were generally they had a shock look on their face. <laughs> but I know him. He doesn't see people. Weird. <laughs> I get so excited when a religious conversation pops up around me, and I'm like, I can't wait to spring it on these fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> and the looks on their faces when they turn to me, they're like, well, what do you believe, Jared? I'm like, I believe you're all fucking crazy. <laughs> you believe in a magical sky wizard. You're crazy. And then my mother's like, oh, Jared, shut up, please. <laughs> I'm like, no, mom, I'm not Jewish. Deal with it. Uh, so... I mean, we do we do work on a you know a, a, a giant hill of liberals. I mean, it's it's a it's a common it's a, a a college campus, so of course it's filled with liberals and young people. Yeah. So, but it is. But a lot of the people that I work with, and a lot of the people around the liberal town, mm. um, are very conservative, are very Christian. It's true. There are people on my hallway that have Bibles in their office. Whatever. There's one Milford guy that is, works. is an amazing town in respect to that, too. Like, last night at the bar, everybody in there is talking about how, you know, they're all Trump people and how things are going to be great and blah, blah, blah. And you can – can you believe these these uh, these brazen gay people and the shit they say on Facebook and blah, blah, blah. Meanwhile, every bartender in that bar is gay <laughs> and not even, like, hiding it gay. And like the gay, and they're looking at me, and I'm like, I don't know how you deal with this shit. And he's like, I don't know. I just serve the drinks and just try to shut them out. They don't. Need, I don't even know if they realize I'm gay. And and on top of all this, with all the crazy Trump shit and all the crazy religious people, our mayor's gay. Oh, <laughs> big time gay. Like they did an A and E special on him because I think he's the longest living person with HIVs with oh, wow. a, or HIV and hasn't developed AIDS. Huh. Wow. Yeah, and get this, not even voted in. He was appointed at one point. Oh. Has he been voted in since then? Well, I don't, I don't know if the votes come up yet, but okay. our former mayor, uh, he 
left office, he was just like, I can't take this shit anymore. This town's crazy. <laughs> and everyone's like, who do we turn to? And they're like, uh, turn, turn to Sean. He's, he seems to know what he's doing. He has a lot of money. He's like a little, he's like a little mini gay Trump in our town in the sense that he buys a lot of real estate and he's rich. So he's okay. maybe he's like a mini anti Trump or negative Trump. I don't know how you would say, but it's amazing. And everybody just seems to either not notice it or, not care. Well, it's always yeah. That, that I always find that interesting. That, that they they like the gay people that they know, but gay people in general are you know, the, well. The church tells them they're bad and evil, so they're, they're in general bad and evil. But these individuals that I know, they're good. They're good people. Mm-hmm. They it, it's it's the them and us mentality taken to a hanging extreme. It's bad. Yeah, I've seen it done with gays, black people, women. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it runs the board. Jews. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, I normally hate Jews, but you seem okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, thanks. Well, I'm a, as a woman working in IT, yeah, I, I get uh, you know, women are usually not really good at IT, but you're not, not that bad. I'm like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> 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 thanks. Oh, uh, I'm your boss, and you're fired. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, people are. I always have with. I can always tell it's coming when I new, meet, meet new people, men in uh, in IT, and they. I can see the ones that automatically start from a position of it's a woman she doesn't know what she's talking about, and they always have this epiphany along the way, and I always look at them and go, eh, "Fuck you." <laughs> <laughs> You assumed that because I don't have a penis, I don't know what I'm talking about in technology, and it's really annoying. Uh, anyway. I am going to steer us back to the winter solstice if everybody's okay, okay with that. <laughs> yes. That's where we started. I suppose. <laughs> so I, w- I wanted to talk about the origins of Christmas because a lot of people, well, one, just don't know. Uh, and two, I think it's it's interesting that when you bring up different facts around people who have been – raised in the christian christmas that the, the people just don't know don't understand what uh where things come from so uh i i guess we'll start at, at you know way back even before it was recorded there were celebrations around the uh winter solstice and the reason behind it was that they knew that they were approaching the famine months the time between January and April where there were no crops, uh, temperatures dropped readily. Um, they started like slaughtering cattle. So because they, th- that way they wouldn't have to feed them during the winter. And it was, uh, the time of the year when they had a, a lot of fresh meat available and crops were available. And instead of letting it spoil, they had a large feast. And it was normally done right around the winter solstice. Uh, also, uh, winemaking and beer uh, during the year, it, this was the time of year that it would be fermented and ready to be to uh, start drinking. So, uh, sure. So that's basically where the celebration came from. But um, and you mentioned uh, Saturnalia, mm-hmm. which is the celebration that was in ancient Rome. Uh, generally it, it started around December 17th and lasted for seven days. So in that case, Christmas, the December 25th would have actually been at the end. But I found this interesting in Saturnalia, they basically, it was a time of reversals. They celebrated the gods, but they basically had masquerades and people who were rich would give give things to uh poor 
they would basically it was a role reversal kind of thing. And they originated the gifts, the idea of uh, the they would give away uh, imitation fruit as a symbol of fertility, uh, dolls, a symbolic uh, representation of human sacrifice and candles. Those were the main Christmas gifts. And this was interesting. They would choose a mock king, usually from a group of slaves or criminals. And this person was permitted to behave in a completely unrestricted manner for seven days throughout the festival. But uh, normally at the end of the festival, he was killed. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> I guess so, you've got to go. That's a good way. <laughs> yeah. And the other the other piece of it, too, is um, uh, a lot of people in you know, a lot of the pagan religions um, worship the sun because it was the center of their seasons and it governed their lives, basically. Right. But um, the, the, this year it's December 21st. Um, that's the, 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 and the winter solstice is the beginning of the days lengthening again. So the days start getting longer. So that's the, it's re- celebrating the return of the sun and the return into the, into the summertime. Right. So it, it it's all based on um, different cultures and how they celebrated the the peak of winter and the return to spring. The one thing that I wanted to talk about was uh, the the Norse because I just I find Norse religion fascinating. Uh, the feast of Jol, uh, which turned into the feast of Yol, uh, hence Yule Yuletide, mm. and the Yule log. Um, so that was a way before Christianity. This was a celebration where they would bring a Yule log in to to burn, and this log couldn't be purchased. It had to be either harvested straight from your land, or it could be a gift. Um, and they would burn the log, and it would burn basically all night long until it went out on its own. And then they would take a piece of the log and use that, whatever was left, and they would use that to start the fire for the next year's Yule log. But it also centers around um, a festival called Yule Blot, which is there's a lot of blot <laughs> festivals in Nordic history. So the the blot was basically they would bring in all the prize animals and, and slaughter them for food. And they would drain the blood because Norse believed that the blood held power. Uh, and the strongest, the most virile animal that they had, they would collect in a bowl. They would collect the creature's bowl or blood in a bowl. And they would use it in the uh, the ceremony. And part of the ceremony was they would dip their fingers in the blood and flick the blood at you. Yeah. So you would get spots of blood, hence blotting, on your face. And this was a, a mark of the gods and a symbol of strength and, and what have you. So the jewel, Yule Blot, probably not safe to practice anymore. But uh, I'm kind of glad that one didn't continue on until present day Christmas. <laughs> I'm going to try and bring that one back. <laughs> <laughs> Rightly so. So the, I mean, it covers the Yule log. It covers um, the time of year that the the celebration occurs. Um, it covers the food, um, Christmas tree itself. Um, that dates back uh, centuries before Christ. Evergreen trees and plants and leaves were brought into the home upon the arrival of the winter solstice between December twenty first and twenty second. Practices were different in, in, in different cult- countries and cultures, but it was a common symbolization to return you know the return of the sun so christmas tree the uh, wreath on the door all those kinds of things are from that i also want to mention i think the earliest recorded uh evidence of a christmas celebration and it wasn't christmas was uh mithraism from india recorded in it was around 1400 bc um or bce 
It was a uh, worship of Mithras, the sun god. It was to bring the sun back. Uh, and uh, strangely enough, Mithras was a sun god. He was born of a virgin in a cave on the on the winter solstice. He was worshipped on <laughs> Sunday, the day of the conquering sun. He was a savior god who died and was resurrected in order to become a messenger god, an intermediary between man and the god of light. Hey, that sounds familiar. <laughs> I was going to say, what a great outline. <laughs> a few a few script rewrites later, boom. Greatest story ever told. Yeah, exactly. Santa Claus is from St. Nicholas, who was a, a known historical saint who was known for uh, giving gifts of food and small presents to the poor. So that's gift giving for Christmas. That's where that came from. Yeah, but that was that also was uh, there was a previous. It wasn't Santa Claus, but it was the idea. Uh, even dates back into uh, the Norse religion as well, because Odin had a very long white beard, and during this time of year he would go out on the wild hunt, uh, and he would basically lead a. Uh, he would go around in a sleigh. I think it was pulled by several. Uh, like basically large deer uh they kind of seem like caribou in size but he would go out with a pack of wolves and it was the hunt and basically anyone who was who had lived a a selfish life who happened to be out at this time of year odin would run him down and let his wolves tear him apart Ew. So that's so, where the, uh, you know, I'm watching you be, don't be, I got a list of naughty people. <laughs> don't be naughty or the wild hunt will get you. Yeah. So th that combined with St. Nicholas gets a Santa Claus with a sleigh and reindeer, yada, yada. <laughs> exactly. And then there was Crinkle Mouse. <laughs> <laughs> what about Krampus? <laughs> oh, God, Krampus. Oh, that's just the Germans. <laughs> <laughs> But um, speaking of Germans, so the Germans had a history of putting candles on their trees, and that's where <laughs> Christmas lights came from, and that's where the you know the outrageous lights that right. people put on their houses now that all came from that. So that's uh, where all that came from. Funny side story: our <laughs> friend Tom, who has a German wife who wanted to do well, she she wants to do this every year, put candles on the tree. So you have a dead, drying tree in your house <laughs> and she wants to layer it in candles and light them all on fire. <laughs> and uh I don't know if they still do this, but I remember the story that she lit all the candles on fire. <laughs> Meanwhile Tom is standing there with a uh, fire extinguisher in hand going, Okay, are we done? We done? Blow out <laughs> Uh, apparently they do that in Germany to this yeah. day. And um, Seems dangerous. Yes, it does. Oh, and yeah, tell us about the uh, weirdness that happens in Japan. Oh, the weirdness in Japan. So like 2% of Japan is Christian, it's, or 1% of Japan is Christian, but they like the Christmas holiday. So, um, in, and in particular, they, they like to eat Kentucky Fried Chicken. So... <laughs> Who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody likes KFC. So, but so the Christmas holiday in Japan is ordering KFC as much as two months in advance because it's so popular on that day. Everybody orders KFC. <laughs> that is amazing. That's an excellent tradition. And I, I, I had a side story for this, but I don't have the information in front of me. It was just a. You know, just just a goof that my friend sent me a link about this woman that was addressing the city council somewhere, I believe, in the San Francisco Bay Area about how she's upset because it's not no longer mandatory for all McDonald's uh, franchisees to carry the McRib. 
and that's her family's holiday tradition is to get 20 McRib sandwiches and a uh, 50-piece nugget and just make that their Christmas meal. Oh. And she's really distraught and uh, read this terrible speech in front of city council about how they need to to legislate the fact that franchisees should be manda- should be mandated to have the uh, the McRib. <laughs> is this on video? It's absolutely on video. I'll send you a link. Oh, thank you. It's magnificent. You just made my Christmas. <laughs> so uh, does anybody else other than Jared, because I know he knows, know what a mummer is? Yeah. The Mummer's Day Parade. You know Jared knows what a mummer is. Because he's from near Philadelphia. He knows what a mummer is. <laughs> I'm actually nowhere near Philadelphia. Yeah, he's nowhere oh, that's near right, you're Philadelphia. North of Phil- but still, you live but in I do know what a mummer is because I have family down in Philadelphia. Okay. I don't know what they're doing these days, but I'm familiar with the mummer tradition of... And dressing I, up in some sort of creepo mask until someone <laughs> can identify you, and then you have to take it off for the rest of the season. So nope. I learned what uh, what a mummer is about thirty seconds ago. So go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> well, a mum- the Mummer's Day—it's actually called the Mummer's Day Parade, which is weird because it's on New Year's Day. Philadelphia has this long-standing tradition of this this bizarre parade on New Year's Day, and I never understood what it was about. And I just, while doing research for this week's episode, found out what it's from. So first, the mummers, the mummers in Philadelphia, it's a bunch of men only. They get dressed up in these fancy costumes made out of feathers and they play banjos and other stringed instruments and they do these music routines and it goes on for hours and hours and hours and it's on all the Philadelphia TV stations on New Year's Day, except when it's canceled or delayed because of, because it's fucking cold outside <laughs> or raining. But so I just thought this was a weird thing that Philadelphia did. Turns out. Oh no. Oh no. You know who's way into this? Who? Newfies. Really? Newfoundland. Okay. Oh my god, they're all creepers. (laughs) (laughs) I thought this was just a Philadelphia thing. I did not know. Newfoundland. Okay. Turns out it's an ancient pagan custom. (laughs) It it was disguise. Yeah, the tradition was that men and women would swap clothes, put on masks, and go visiting neighbors, singing, dancing, or putting on a play with a silly plot. Like, and that they were. It was called mumming. And it kind of falls under the same category as uh, caroling and wassailing. Yep. So if you can sing, you sing carols and wassail. If you can't and you're funny, you, you go mumming. Isn't it wassailing? Well, is it wassailing? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what do I know? <laughs> you're, you're British. I was just going to let it slide. <laughs> <laughs> wassailing. It, it's, it's got to be in hymns and stuff. So, yeah, you would know better than me. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, the song is wassailing. Here we come a wassailing. Okay. I guessed. I had no idea. I'm like, well, I don't know sure. what that word is. <laughs> so does anybody have the information on St. Thomas's Day? I've never actually seen this until I started doing a little bit of looking, but apparently uh, many Christians celebrate St. Thomas's Day on December 21st. Um, no. Is, yeah. that like the, is that like St. Stephen's Day? St. Thomas the Apostle? I have Thomas no idea Day. what St. Stephen's Day is. So, uh, it's a, They celebrate that in Europe. It's like the day after Christmas. That's Boxing Day. That's in Canada, though, isn't it? That's no, in England. Hmm. England. Uh, I'll get you some more information while Ray tells us about St. <laughs> Thomas. Okay. So I don't have a whole lot, but it's basically they, they praise St. Thomas, who – so originally, I guess, he, he well, he was martyred. And so they originally – like they had his day on the 3rd of July. Uh, that was the Roman celebration. But apparently it was transferred in 1969 to December 21st the solstice. so that it would no longer interfere with uh, the days of the advent. Basically, I don't – there's no – like there's not a whole lot of – it's a feast. That's, that's basically it. Hmm. Okay. I don't know uh, anything much story, more about it. So No, my story is identical. 
it, the same, exactly what you are describing is the exact description I have for the, the Feast of St. Stephen or St. Stephen's Day, which is celebrated on December 26th. Was his name Stephen Thomas? No, his name was Stephen I of Hungary. Huh. And he was also martyred. And it is also a feast day to commemorate that uh, the 26th or 27th. So yeah, 27th in the East, 26th in the West. Oh, so the one is on the 21st and one is on the 26th. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. I don't know what the... So in England and Canada, you know, Boxing Day is the day after... Christmas. And I was always told the tradition was it was the day that your employer gave you a box. So it was Boxing Day. Oh. But my parents have been under lie to me before, so, so let's verify that. <laughs> <laughs> or I remember incorrectly, I should say. Because <laughs> I'm sure they would never lie to me. <laughs> day after Christmas. It's on the liturgical calendar, okay? Second day of Christmas tide. St. Stephen's Day. Yeah. Yeah, it is concurrent with Boxing Day. Yeah. Huh. And it was a custom for tradespeople to collect Christmas boxes of money or presents on the first weekday after Christmas as thanks for good service throughout the year. So, all right, they didn't lie. There you all go. Right. So, is- basically, you've got all these all these different things stemming from the idea that, hey, we're coming up to a long winter. Hmm. Like, even though it's the shortest day, winter really comes afterwards uh, between January and April in the Northern Hemisphere. And that's pretty much where all these different things came from. And then Christianity just kind of, like it does, molds it into place. <laughs> absorbs. And makes it their own. Trapper keeper. <laughs> what is it? <laughs> <laughs> Absorbing Paddington pair calculator. Yeah. <laughs> so there you go. If anybody... Oh, the one thing that I forgot. Uh, putting the X in Christmas. Is everybody mm. familiar with this story? Um, you know how, it, well, you don't see it much anymore, but, uh, at least like when I was growing up, I would see it would marry Xmas. You would see that as an abbreviation for Christmas. Sure. I and, just and then somewhere thought in, that it was to help us be lazier. <laughs> right. And somewhere in the late eighties, early nineties, somewhere in there, that became part of the war on Christmas that you were striking Christ out of Christmas by using X, putting an X in there. And so the the idea was that Christians were all excited about it because Christmas is about Christ and you shouldn't strike it out and just put an X in there and your abbreviation offends me. <laughs> but as it turns out, the X was put in there by Christian scribes as early as the 1600s because uh, they wrote in, in Greek and I believe it's pronounced key. Is that what they... I believe that's what it is. The, the X. Yeah. In any case, the X in Greek, which is X is the first letter in Christos in Greek. So they would... they Literally, the scribes shortened the name of Christ by just putting an X because that was the symbol for, for Christ. So this was a Christian thing. It was not a atheist thing, striking Christ out of Christmas. <laughs> It uh, has long been a Christ, uh, Christian tradition to use X. In fact, if you go into several uh, different churches, cathedrals, you'll see a, a P with an X on it. This was a symbol for uh, Christos from the Greek. The X is actually just as religious as anything as else. Christmas. <laughs> it's just they're a little bit more literal nowadays. So. so in any case, that's all I have about Christmas. Cool. Interesting. I mean, I think we should just add a notation, too, that there is uh, very little... Is there anything in the Bible about celebrating the birth of Jesus? I don't believe there is. 
And it, well, and not so- not as such. I mean, there was celebration by you know the wise men, the giving of gifts, but not a. To my knowledge, there is no "you shall celebrate this" on December the twenty fifth. Right. Uh, that date was um, decided upon by a Roman emperor sometime very much later, and, and settled on that day so they could absorb the solstice, Saturnia, and all the different things that people were celebrating sure. already. Including in a part of an existing celebration makes it simple to just you know bend it a little bit towards religion. Yeah, you're no you're just no longer celebrating the Yuletide, you're celebrating Christmas. You didn't even know, did you? No. Didn't even know. <laughs> but yeah, th- I mean Christmas trees and Santa Claus, the, n- none of that exists in the Bible. But I bet if you ask uh, many Christians, they would think that it's there because they've never actually read their book. So, I don't know, but I just want the information to be out there basically. So, yeah. all right, anybody have anything else? I don't believe so. I think I'm going to go home and Finish wrapping my wife's Saturnalia gift. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Good deal. All right, then. I think that's all we have for this week. Uh, if anybody has any questions or comments, you can go to ProfaneArgument.com and leave a message for us there. Or you can tweet us at ProfaneArg. I would also like to recommend that you check out, if you're looking for any other podcasts or shows to listen to, you can check out soon to be named network.com and see the other shows that are there. There's a... Uh, a whole lot of different entertaining shows. Feel free to check it out. They're also listed on ProfaneArgument.com uh, for ease of reference. Um, and if you'd like to uh, support this podcast, you can give us a review on iTunes or subscribe on YouTube or follow us on SoundCloud where the RSS feed is where it is hosted. So I just want to thank everyone for listening. And until next time, I am Ray. I'm Karen. I'm Jared. This is Ian. Thank you, good night, and may your God go with you. Happy holidays. (laughs) (laughs) You asshole.